Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Counter Breaker podcast. I'm your host, NBA Disco Militia. So before I get the podcast started properly, I just wanted to give a shout out to a few people that have been important in actually getting this podcast off the ground. So I want to give a shout out first and foremost to all the guys at Manchester Battle Arena, NBA. That's uh, Esmond and Ying particularly. Um, Also my teammate, NBA Bane Mobius, who's been amazing at helping me level up. Uh, he's full of really good advice. And likewise, the team have been really, really supportive of everything that we've done this year. Next, I want to give a quick shout-out to the CVE guys. So that's Rims, Bird, and Smash, who've uh, been awesome competition this year. Likewise, they've been out there spreading the word at every event they could. Uh, and finally, just a big shout-out to my little brother, Eamon O'Brien, who's helped me with engineering, mastering, and mixing down the podcast so thanks very much guys you've all been incredible and i'm really really grateful so the counter breaker podcast is essentially going to be your monthly look at all things killer instinct whether that's news going into season three and beyond forthcoming events and tournaments or things going on in the scene like the ultimate source toys Um, I'm also going to help you guys out with some advice on approaches to matches, psychology, and looking at how you can improve your game. Now, there's a million and one video podcasts out there showing combos and everything like that. What I'm going to look at in particular is the mindset and the approach to how to beat your opponent and how to maximize what you've got, whether that's online or at tournaments. Which brings us on to the theme of today's show, which is the L word. Now, losing is an important part of getting better at anything. If you win all the time, then you're never going to improve. So what I'm going to talk about at a bit of length later on is what to do when you lose. How to approach all of the situations that cost you that much and look at how to improve going forward. But first... Let's have a look at this month's news. So on the weekend of January 30th, um, Ultra Arcade held the KI World Cup. Um, It was an absolutely incredible tournament and I highly recommend you check out all of the replays that you can on YouTube. Um, So the tournament had a $30,000 prize pot, um, a lot of which actually came from the KI Community Fund which was uh, what a lot of you guys got Shadow J go from if you didn't get on with the 12-month Xbox Live subscription. Um, Top four in the tournament were Sleep, Rebello, and My God in fourth, third, and second, respectively. And the tournament was actually won overall by Rico Suave, who went through the entire tournament using Shadow J go, which is amazing considering he's a new character. Um, and as he finished off the final match using Glacius in a really, really dominant performance, he beat my god 3-1 in grand finals. 
Um, the whole event, all in all, was just a massive celebration of Killer Instinct. Um, there were art displays. Ultimate Source showed off some of the toys that they've got coming out this year. Um, and it was actually announced that there's going to be two more years of KI Cup with a new eSports-friendly partner. Um, so that's pretty huge. I mean, the tournament had a lot of qualifiers over the past uh, over 2015, um, and it looks set to be more of the same over 2016. Um, if you do want to catch replays, I recommend Maximilian's channel on YouTube, um, and make sure you check out next year's event. So speaking of tournaments, Killer Instinct has actually been confirmed for Evo and Hype Spotting in 2016. Um, Evo really needs no introduction. It's one of the biggest fighting game tournaments worldwide. It's definitely um, the biggest in the US anyway. Uh, likewise, Hype Spot In, for those who don't know, is a huge tournament held in Glasgow. Um, it's probably the biggest fighting game tournament in the UK. And it's actually the first time that Killer Instinct has been on the lineup for that. So that's, uh, that's really, really awesome. It's exciting to see the UK community getting behind the game. Um, so Hype Spotting is actually holding a Road to Hype Spotting qualifier series. I played at one last week, uh, Turbo Tuesdays in Kilcady in Fife, uh, and I actually qualified um, with CV Smash getting the first place qualification for that. There is one qualifier left, which is uh, in Nottingham. And that's on the 5th of March. And that's also an Ultra Street Fighter 4 qualifier. So if you fancy your chances, you should pop on down, get some games in, see how you do. Uh, so Evo is being held July 15th to 17th in Las Vegas. And Hype Spotting is April 2nd to 3rd in Glasgow at the Hilton. Um, so that's really, really huge that obviously a lot of TOs are getting behind the game. Um, if you were looking to qualify for Evo as well, pretty much every major is carrying Evo seeding points this year. So it's just huge, uh, and it's good to see that the game keeps growing. And likewise, Season 3 is going to have a lot of eyes on it, which actually maybe brings me on to the next news item, which is that the KI World Cup, there was a panel about rebalances, new characters, and a lot of new things going on for Season 3. Iron Galaxy took the crowd through an exhaustive list of character changes, new characters and system updates for Season 3, as well as teasing a new fighter. On the system side of things, they introduced two new mechanics, Stagger and Flip Out. Stagger was introduced with Shadow Jago, and it's essentially a hit which causes the opponent to be stunned, allowing for a follow-up such as an opener, or followed up with a throw, leading to some interesting combo potential and mix-ups. Flip Out is actually the new mechanic which has got me pretty excited. It's a hit which causes the opponent's position to reset. For example, Saber Wolf could land a Juggle Ender, hit his Flip Out move and follow it up with a reset into a new combo. You're sacrificing damage but potentially landing an additional free combo out of it, which definitely changes the pacing of a lot of matchups. On the system chain side of things, hard hits now break armor and sweeps are now breakable, which removes a lot of guaranteed damage vortex setups. It's also worth noting that sweeps are actually counter-breakable as well, so there's more to the meta game there. Another big change comes with breakers. Instead of knocking the opponent back, both characters are returned to a neutral state, getting rid of breaker combos. You can't instinct cancel from a combo breaker either. 
Shadow counters have also received a little bit of an overhaul and now have longer active frames, meaning there's slightly less guesswork involved with shadow counter in certain moves. Finally, on the system side of things, unbreakable combos are now a lot less rewarding. If you did land an unbreakable combo, you'll now find yourself unable to cash out the damage, forcing you to land a reset or watch your opponent heal all the potential damage that you'd earned. There were an incredible amount of character balances, with characters losing moves, gaining new ones and gaining new abilities. The list is extensive, so instead of talking frame data for the next two hours, I'm instead going to suggest you visit Ultra Combo to read up on everything new for the characters as they've listed everything there. Two things were very interesting about the patch notes. One was that it was done in front of the assembled players, meaning from a spectator's side of things, on stream you could hear the crowd booing and cheering for buffs and nerfs. And secondly, it seems that Iron Galaxy are pushing for Killer Instinct to be a faster paced game, so it's less reliant on unbreakables and guaranteed damage, and more about thinking two moves ahead of your opponent, which I'm actually pretty excited about. The real hype came when Rash was shown again, now, much like the rest of the cast, he's been tuned and reworked slightly. But alongside all the serious stuff, it was revealed that Rash actually has two taunts, one of which is actually the longest taunt in fighting game history. The crowd were dancing along with him during the panel, which was actually pretty funny to watch. Iron Galaxy also revealed Kim Wu after she was teased in the Rash trailer. After the standard teaser, we were treated to a full run-through of her moves and mechanics. Now she's definitely an interesting character, mixing rushdown offence with parries, positioning base throws mid-combo, and one of the most daunting instinct modes in the game. It allows her to cancel moves into dashes, which creates for some scary mix-up potential. They also revealed her stage, which was actually the first to show off the new lighting effects that Iron Galaxies added to the engine for Season 3. Now on the day of the finals, Kim's trailer was once again shown, albeit with a additional teaser at the end, revealing a new character coming to season 3, Halo's Arbiter. The crowd were pretty shocked and happy with that one, especially when it was revealed that the same teaser was actually shown during the Halo event in London, getting yet more new eyes on Killer Instinct. The confirmed season 3 roster currently stands at 4. Joining Arbiter will be Kim Wu, Tusk and Rash, although Tusk has yet to be revealed beyond a confirmation that he'll actually be in the game. Finally for the news, Ultimate Source has a few announcements as well. They revealed that Wave 1 will release in mid-March and that Wave 2 will consist of Orchid, TJ Combo and Cinder. Those three look incredible, they've got really, really interesting dioramas with them. I'm a huge fan of the Shadow Jago figure that they put out and the costume that came with it was also pretty awesome so I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what the Wave 1 costumes will be like for the rest of the cast. So with the news out of the way, let's move on to the main section of this episode, the L word. Let's get this straight. No matter how good you are, how filthy your tech is, or how well you know your character, over the course of your time competing, you will lose matches and sets. Now it's how you come back from those losses, which is what separates the best players from those who won't make it out from pools. Killer Instinct is a pretty forgiving game. There are no 100% damage combos, you can break out of combos, and with shadow counters, long block strings aren't as daunting as you have a way out from those situations. What is unforgiving in KI is the mind game. 
Getting mentally beat down can cost you the match before it's even begun, and coming back from a loss in the first game of a set can be difficult. But today I'm going to discuss getting over a loss and using a loss to actually improve your game in future fights and sets. Okay, so let's say you've gone online and you've had a run of five losses. Some games close, some painfully one-sided. Well, what's next? Well, a useful tool is the replay function. Being able to look back at a match is indispensable for seeing where you went wrong. Did you waste instinct when it wasn't necessary? Did you blow meter on too many missed shadow counters? Or were you guess breaking too much? That's all easy stuff to look at and understanding exactly why you took a loss and placing the blame on your own abilities is a smart way to begin improving. To elaborate on this, re-watching your fights is a crucial part of improving, not just from losses but also from wins. Watching back, you should be able to see areas of improvement needed. Say for example your opponent has a particularly nasty corner setup with a character and it's cost you at least half your life. It might be worthwhile to take that setup into training mode and spend an hour or so trying different ways to get out of it. Try it in as many situations as you can. Meterless, with two bars a meter, with or without instinct available. Just try and prepare yourself for the next time that half your life's at risk. Training mode is great for improving execution and combos, but it is very useful for improving your defensive play as well. Remember to use things like the recording function to put yourself in a defensive position so you're prepared for tricky block situations and you can capitalise on punishing your opponent from them. Now this is useful in an offline setting, but face-to-face at a tournament, you won't have that luxury. Instead, you'll have to take in what's just happened, process it and continue competing. That isn't to say you can't take a moment between fights to compose yourself. Brush the last match off and rethink your game plan going into the next game. Personally, I'm a huge fan of taking some time on character select just to process what's happened, whether I've won or lost a round. I'll take a minute to think about what my opponent did, whether I reacted well to that, and think about what my opponent couldn't deal with. So let's look at analysing your play quickly in a tournament setting. So we're at a theoretical tournament and I've just lost a game and I'm sat on character select considering my options. The game was close, we both finished on danger and I lost out by dropping a combo on a counter breaker attempt. My opponent didn't break anything but heavies all match and wasn't very good at tacking my throws but was very good at zoning me out. I have a minute to process and adapt my game before I begin the next fight. A fight that could put me out of the tournament. So now given the fight is close, I'm going to rule out changing characters. Instead, I'm going to stick to my guns and carry on with my main. I'm going to get more in their face to avoid zoning. I'm only going to counter break on heavies, setting up my opponent. I'm also going to throw more because I've got no reason to think that the other player can tech them, given in the first game I landed every single throw I tried. I choose my character and the fight begins. See, the difference here is I'm now going into this fight with a game plan rather than scratching my head about what to do. And instead of dwelling on the loss, I'm familiar with some of the things my opponent does and struggles with, so I'm going to use this information to be better prepared for the second fight. Imagine it's like a game of poker, but you already know your opponent has one king in his hand to begin with. You've got some inside knowledge of how they play at this point, so the onus is on you to adapt your game plan with the knowledge you've gained. 
Another important thing with taking some time to think is that your opponent is forced to do the same. They're possibly overanalyzing what was a pretty close game, considering changing strategies, and wondering what you're thinking. It also kills the momentum they've gained from the last fight. It's important to try and not dwell on losses in a tourney setting, because within a minute, you'll be fighting again, and spending the first 20 seconds of the fight salty, frustrated, and confused is going to give your opponent the edge when it comes to reading the game and reading your actions. Fighting games are unpredictable. Just because your opponent only breaks heavies in one fight doesn't mean that that will always be the case. But just like in poker, players can be creatures of habit, and over time and repeated fights, you'll better understand their drilled-in, unshakable habits, and from there you'll learn to avoid and exploit them. Counterpicks can also be a reliable tactic. If I was, for example, playing a Saber Wolf against an opponent's Kamra and had just lost the game, it might be because I was struggling against Kamra and his impressive zoning tools, which is something that Wolf struggles against. It could be a smart move to pick a different character who struggles less with zoning. I will say now, though, that with a counterpick, your opponent is more likely to vary up his game, given they're not fighting the same character, which makes all the information and strategy that you gain from the last fight less useful, and therefore, you should be confident that you can force the game on your opponent with your new character. So, after a tournament or online session, it's useful and actually pretty obvious, but you can always ask other players for advice. This can sometimes be ignored because of shyness, pride or intimidation, but if you're looking to level up, it can actually be the best place to start. Try asking opponents and other players about what they think you could improve, what they do in certain situations and exactly how they beat you. You'd be surprised how many players are happy to discuss the game with you and actually help you level up. I've become a better player through discussing the game with players of all levels. Even newer, less established players have been able to show me new tech or approaches to matchups. So whenever you can, ask questions. You might be an amazing Jago player, but you've always struggled against Sidira. It's worth asking other Jago players for advice, as well as asking Sidira players why they do what they do against you, so you can better read and punish those situations in future matches. Remember, Rome wasn't built in a day, and no matter how hard you work in training mode, there will be players and situations which beat you down, no matter how well prepped and how well you play a match. It's important not to drop your head at a loss, but rather use that loss to fuel your improvement. On a side note, personally, losing an early tournament game is pretty common for me. Since I began competing, I've never made it to a winner's final. I've always had to claw my way up through loser's bracket, but I've only had one tourney that I haven't made grand finals. It's a tougher path, but it's the path that personally brings the best out in me. I find the initial loss wakes me up, forces me to up my game, and creates just the right amount of pressure on myself to actually perform better. I'm willing to take more risks because I don't want to be eliminated, and likewise, I'm more patient at times because one mistake could cost me the whole tournament. It's important to remember to take each set a single game at a time. You might be playing two out of three or first to ten, but each match is its own separate entity. It's easy to go five nothing down and assume you can't win the set because you have to win ten and they only have five to go. But with each fight, you should try and go in fresh, not thinking about overall scores, but how you can win the current fight. Now, every play is different. But the advice I've given you today is exactly what I do in every tournament after a loss, and so far it's worked pretty well for me. 
Hopefully, even small snippets of what I've said today can help you guys to rebound from defeat and improve your foundations, being able to cope with defeat and make you a better all-round player. Okay, so talking to tournaments, over February and March, there are a fair few events well worth checking out. On the 27th of February, my team, Manchester Battle Arena, are hosting a Street Fighter V event, which Bane Mobius and I will be running a KI tourney at. It's being held at Arcade Club, and we're also going to be competing against Nottingham's KI Elite in a three-on-three battle. So come on down and say hi if you're in the area. Speaking of Nottingham, they're holding a KI hype spotting qualifier on March 5th at Robin Hood's. Should be a pretty fun event, and it's also your last chance to secure hype spotting seeding as well as qualification for the event. So it's well worth coming on down for that one. Lastly for this month, Legacy of Minds will be hosting Killer Instinct on March 12th and 13th at their Keep It Classy 7 event in Croydon Conference Centre. I'm looking forward to this one because last time I played a London event, the quality of play was really, really high. So, uh, yeah, it should be pretty hype. Well, that's almost the end of this episode of the Counterbreaker podcast. But before I go, I'd like to give a few extra shout outs and thanks. So big thanks to my girlfriend, Saz, for the logo design and the artwork for each episode. Um, You've been incredible. Thanks so much. You're really patient watching me play all the goddamn time. Um, A huge shout-out goes out to the Turbo Tuesday guys for running some awesome events. And lastly, a big thank you to everyone on the KI UK Facebook page. You've all been crucial, and I'm incredibly grateful for your time and help. So thank you for taking the time to check out the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and follow on SoundCloud. Leave me some feedback on my Twitter, which is at DiscoMilitia. And keep your eyes peeled for episode two in a few weeks. So until next time, I'm afraid your path ends here. Counterbreaker!